As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we are live. You know the drill, people. You got to let the stream breathe. Just for a minute, I assure you, I can breathe right now. That's one of the beauties of the MHH face mask slash net gator. Welcome Welcome in, everybody. Huddle Up Podcast, presented as always by Mile High Huddle, right here, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me as always, my partner in crime. You know him. You love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, I finally got my face mask from the merch store, huddleuppod.com. Thought I'd sport it. I'm not going to wear it for this whole podcast because it gets a little warm, but not bad, right? Pretty pretty tight, dude. And you can breathe through it, and it's kind of thin fabrics, easy to breathe through, comfortable. So if you're going in and out of a grocery store or something like that, not bad at all. Sell it, Chad. Sell it. Durable quality. You can breathe through it. It has the MHH logo. Nice quality. I'm going to get one for myself. It does look pretty good, but uh, excited to talk again tonight. We have some minor Broncos news-related news to talk about, and uh, another day, another pod, Chad. Indeed. We had a few interesting nuggets pop up today. I think the first thing to just touch on as we kind of warm up here and welcome everybody into the room, including King Gummy Bear, Robert Stoney, Toy, Brock, James, Steve, Buana, um, is the fact that two things. First and foremost, off the cuff, your gut reaction to the news that as a result of the pandemic, the NFL has canceled the Broncos versus Falcons game in the U.K., and rescheduled it to be a an away game for the Broncos in Atlanta. Gut feeling, gut reaction is a sense of relief. I do feel bad for the UK fans, the fans across the pond, but it's an unnecessary game. I haven't personally been a big fan of the London games chat as a football fan or as a Broncos fan, and it goes beyond the issue plaguing the world right now, which we won't mention. It's unnecessary, vexing travel and turnaround, an ungodly kickoff time, a forced bye week. There's little benefit to it outside of the NFL lining his pockets. I'm happy with the Broncos staying on the mainland, taking on the Falcons in Atlanta and keeping it distraction-free. The less distractions, the better in in the first year of Drew Locke. I mean, we know that Fangio was planning on trying to minimize the inconvenience of it, play an East Coast game and then go from the East Coast to the United Kingdom, which is only an additional six hours, I believe, six, seven hours, something like that. Try and minimize the jet lag. Try and minimize, you know, being put out basically and not going home for two weeks or whatever. 
I'm glad they're, I mean, it's, it's bittersweet because we have staffers like uh, Keith Cummings that lives in Scotland that was planning on being there. Yeah. Can't be there. There's a massive fan base in of Broncos country in the United Kingdom, many of whom participate in this community on a day in day out basis that I know are brokenhearted and crestfallen over the whole thing. So for those people, I'm really bummed from a competitive perspective to me, I'd rather them not have to leave the continent, but it's just the way the chips fell this year and there was no, no getting around it. That's exactly how I feel. I mean, a lot of, a couple of people reached out to me on Twitter when I posted about that earlier and they said, I'm bummed. I live in Germany. I live in London. I want to go to the game. I feel bad for the fans, Chad. I don't feel bad for the Broncos or for the NFL. Keep the games close to home this year. Keep it simple. And in 2021, I do expect Denver to be given a makeup game overseas. So anyone who wants to go to it this year is disappointed. You'll probably have your chance next year as well. Guys, we're going to get to the main crux of today's show. See what's on your guys' mind as well. First, though, following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. That's how you keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. And if you're following the show on Twitter, you are well aware of the giveaway that we're doing right now. There is a tweet um, from actually from Mile High Huddle, at Mile High Huddle. I'll show you that here in a second, easy. That is, we're giving away a Football Priest t-shirt. All you got to do is retweet. All you got to do is follow us, myself, Zach, and uh, we're going to randomly select a winner or two, maybe. We'll see how it goes. But so far, Zach, we got the, the tweet out earlier today. It's getting a solid response. Yep. But getting the attention of our phenomenal community on YouTube, on Facebook, go to this tweet, follow the applicable people, retweet, and we are going to announce a winner of that here in just a couple of days, maybe a day. I don't know. We'll see how it shakes out. But – that's just another uh, another way that you can get in on the swag at Huddle Up Pod, and then also at Mile High Huddle Bron- uh, breaking Broncos news and analysis as it's happening in real time. And not to bend your ear too much on the topic, but another easy, no brainer way to support what we're doing here at MHH. Go to HuddleUpPod.com, get your preferred item, uh, piece of swag, whatever. Get a hat like this, get a face mask, get a t shirt, get a hoodie. With summer coming, we've got tank tops, we got Anything for men, women, whatever you want, mugs. You can see in the background here the Huddle Up Pod mug. I'll show you. It's tight. There okay. it is. Get, get yourself one of these bad boys, okay? Good quality. And, uh, if you're in a position. If you're not in a position, don't worry about it. We totally understand. No big deal. But if you are, it's a, it's a simple way to support the cause and get yourself a little something-something in the process. And then no matter what you do, guys – Before you exit out of this video, whether you end up staying with us for the whole conversation or maybe you only pop in for 5, 10, 15 minutes, whatever it is, make sure you like this video. Whether you're on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, like this video. It's a simple, organic way to support what we're doing here. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. 
they want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, Zach, I wanted to get your thoughts on a couple of interesting revelations that uh, came out I shouldn't necessarily say they came out today. One of them did. Well, that's not true. They came out over the weekend. And basically what happened is um, a very interesting theory that you have, I know, is that the Broncos have been steadily positioning Matt Russell to succeed John Elway as the GM. Who knows exactly when that'll be, but the more they're putting him in front of the public, the more it feels like it's going to be after Elway's contract expires at the end of the 2021 season. But that's neither here nor there. They put him in front of Broncos TV for three videos, conversation with Phil Milani of the team website. Very interesting where he kind of took us behind the curtain, talked about each pick, kind of the thought process that went into it. And in that conversation, now for some of you, this is not breaking news. You've known this for a couple of days, but The two things that jumped out to me, number one, Zach, is the fact that Vic Fangio was the primary coach pounding the table for K.J. Hamler in the second round. So for those like like, uh, you and I that were not so much surprised by the Broncos taking a wide receiver back-to-back, but considering the other players they could have taken at that point, some of the other options and opportunities, needs, whatnot, in that sense, maybe disappointed a little bit. Don't don't get us wrong again. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but – it was Vic Fangio that was pounding the table yeah. for that. Your your reaction? You know what he's been saying for since he got the job. He's not like any other defensive minded head coach. He doesn't want to just win games six to three. He wants offense. He wants excitement. He wants points. And he's backing up his words for what he says by pounding the table or advocating the Broncos add more speed on offense. Jerry Judy wasn't enough, and he wants to set up his quarterback to succeed in the best possible fashion. This wasn't just a Fangio decision, though. This was Elway and his coach being in lockstep, Chad, being on the same wavelength and having a plan going into the offseason. We want to help Drew Lock out. We have a young franchise quarterback. Fangio knows his defense is already more than adequate. He knows they're a potential top 10, top five unit. The offense was the only thing standing in his way of taking this team to the next level. I like that Fangio is being a man true to his own word. He doesn't want to be a boring, defensive-minded head coach who wins games by a field goal. He wants to put points on the scoreboard. He wants to match points with the Chiefs. He wants to win in exciting fashion. I like it. I I don't hate on that at all. It's kind of cool. Matt Russell, of course, is the one who tells the story. 
it's no longer apocryphal. It's no longer, you know, really secondhand. It's coming directly from one of the team's leaders. And that is that Vic Fangio, of course, the purported view was that had Hamler been able to run, you know, Penn State claimed he had 427 speed. That was his, you know, when scouts would ask, that's what they would tell scouts, 427. Now, he didn't run at the combine and his pro day got canceled. So there was no way for the NFL to, to verify that. However, Vic Fangio did his own test. And what he did is he turned on a, the tape of a return of uh, Hamler's Penn State versus Michigan. And he clocked at a certain point. I think it was, Russell said, from the 15-yard line to the 40 or 35, whatever it was, um, he did a 393. However, here's the thing to keep in mind is when you're clocking someone from the 15, you're, he's got 15 yards worth or 20 of a head of steam. So you're not, it's not quite apples to apples in terms of a true 40 time. But still, if at full gear, Zach, he's running under a four-second 40, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. I was going to say, regardless, Chad, he's fast with a capital F. He's really, really quick, and I'm sure Fangio put on the tape and he saw what Hamler can do to opposing defenses, and him being a defensive-minded head coach says, I want that. I want to have that guy on my team. I don't want to have to stop that guy. And you know what? If that's the logic, if that's the rationale, I am all for it. You cannot have – there's no such thing as having too many weapons on offense, Chad. Whether the Broncos are copying the Chiefs as immaterial, they're doing what's necessary to help out their young quarterback. And I like this admission by Fangio a lot. By the way, if you are one of our awesome listeners who already has a football priest t-shirt, you can still participate in the giveaway on Twitter, retweet, do your thing, follow, do what you're supposed to do there. And if you end up getting drawn and you already have one of those t-shirts, We'll send you something else, something of your choice. So that just occurred to me. And by the way, James jumping in with a $5 super. Thank you, James. James. Broncos, baby. Back to back again. Did he really just say that? Yes, I did. Awesome. And, you know, it's a good um, snapshot into the mindset and the kind of the vibe and the, the energy I think a lot of Broncos fans have right now with this draft and what Drew Locke means to the team, Bronx legend as well, jumping in, bona fide superstar. Thank you, Appreciate Bronx. you, my friend, on Super Chat. Do you guys think Michael Ojemudia has Coach Fangio written all over it? Why, in fact, I do, and there's a couple of reasons why. Um, the fact that he is – he basically, he's a scheme fit. A, so I think Fangio – and this kind of applies to the other thing I wanted to talk about, which is we also learned in that same conversation Matt Russell had with the team site that it was Mike Munchak who pounded the table for Natani Muti in the sixth round. And not only that, that Munchak viewed him as a, a second round caliber talent with the concerns of, of course, two Achilles and a Liz Frank. That's why he was there in the sixth round, but it was because Mike Munchak was saying, Hey, let's, let's do this. This is great value. De- definitely a boomer bust. It could bust because of health, kind of like what's happened with Jake, Butt. if he busts, it won't be due to a lack of talent. The dude is phenomenally talented. But my point in not only bringing that up, Zach, is as it relates to what Bronx legend is asking us here. We've been telling you on the podcast since the draft that, you know, if it's a, if it's an offensive lineman, good chance that the offensive line coach rubber stamped that pick. If it's a cornerback, it's good chance the defense coordinator and so on and so forth. So in the case of Michael Ojemudia, that's a no brainer. But when you look at him specifically and drill down, he is a very, I mean, he's a quintessential Fangio corner Great tackler, very physical, long, can react to the play in front of him, going to be okay in zone as opposed to playing straight-up man-to-man coverage. But, Zach, Michael Ojemudia is a quintessential Fangio corner. 
Yeah, Chad, that's a good explanation as to the draft process. And if he's asking the secondary coach, which is Ed Donatel, his close friend, Donatel, you know, gives the green light, he's going to take that opinion to, to Elway and then pull the trigger on it. Ojemudia on paper is a Fangio cornerback. Physically, he's everything you want talent-wise in a Vic Fangio cornerback. I wasn't crazy about the pick. I thought it was kind of a reach at that spot. But it's different than Brennan Langley and Isaac Yadam for one major reason. It's Vic Fangio picking in the corner. It's not Vance Joseph picking in the corner. So if he signs off on it, if he thinks Ojemudia can be the next star in the no-fly zone, I am willing to give it another shot. But on paper, to answer the question, yes, he is a prototypical Fangio cornerback. Dylan reminding us, this is the other aspect of the schedule. The full NFL schedule is going to come out on Thursday, as reported by Adam Schefter earlier this afternoon. Zach, the NFL, I mean, it's it's the National Football League, right? We know the – I mean, I can't – off the top of my head, I can't think of exactly how many states are included as far as NFL cities in the league. But the NFL, they might feel like they're juggling a lot of balls in terms of trying to project how things are going to – how the chips are going to fall when this whole quarantine – Yeah thing kind of ends and, and opens up fully, but they are digging in. They are telegraphing that based on, and these are conversations that they have with the government too, for what it's worth, All you right. guys, they've been in conversation with the task force in Washington and whatnot. And they are sticking to their guns on this schedule, dude. And they have contingencies in place that we're going to hear about more uh, just in case something were to change, but they're hell or high water. They're playing their schedule this fall. And it's, I think it's a smart move not to panic and to immediately cancel the season because we're still in May and the season's in September. So much has changed since March and so much will change until September. Uh, one of the contingencies, though, is scheduling the interconference games, meaning AFC versus AFC, later in the season when there's more of a chance that the issue will be gone by then and having maybe intra-conference games, AFC versus NFC, in the beginning of the year. But... From all uh, you know, accounts, all intents and purposes, Chad, it's going to be a full 16-game schedule, a Super Bowl in February. And uh, right now, as a football fan, you and I have to love that, along with everybody else. It's going to be really cool to see exactly how it shakes out. Steve jumping in, Super Chat Superstar, Bonafide. Appreciate you, Steve. Thank you, Steven. $5 Super. He says, hey, rookie, welcome to the NFL. was awesome. Did you guys get a chance to watch it? And if you did, what did you think of it? We hate to disappoint you, Steve, but neither one of us have watched it yet. I know it debuted tonight, and Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler were featured. I have not yet watched it. I will, and when we do watch it, we, we'll talk more about it maybe uh, Wednesday night. That'll give us time to get to it, but you didn't get it. You didn't watch no. it yet, have you? No, I was a little uh, caught up with content and uh, eating yeah. <laughs> eating dinner when that was on. So uh, anyone who did watch the show, though, let us know in the comments how it was, and when Chad and I go back and rewatch it, we'll give the, uh, you guys our take as well. Steve is uh, rubber stamping it. Really enjoyed it, and that's cool. Uh, Terry jumping in. Speaking of Super Chat superstars up in Canada, proving, as always, that Broncos country is not a geographic location, you guys. It is the state of being. And Terry exemplifies that. You know how much we appreciate you, brother. Hashtag state of being. Hashtag Broncos world. And a reminder, a dutiful, loyal member of this community reminding everybody watching, like button. Hit the like button, you guys. Easy way to support what we're doing here. Um, all right, let's see what else we got here. Oh, speaking of superstars, we can't oh, George not talk about one of our true Mount Rushmore members here. George, we really appreciate you, brother. 
very generous, so consistent, means everything to us. Thank you, George. We hope you know that. He says, received my new mug and mask today. Nice. I have been completely satisfied with all the merch I've ordered from MHH. Hey, did you also send him a check for a testimonial as well? (laughs) Yeah, your check's in the mail, George. (laughs) Always looking for uh, more as Broncos country is a state of being. Beautifully said. It's good to for us to hear that uh, it's up to snuff. Right. We haven't had one return yet based on any kind of, you know, dissatisfaction with the product. So I think the back end service we're using to fulfill on, on merchandise so far so good. Zach and George, thank you for patronizing the store. I, I will say there's no bias involved, but I've been quietly impressed as well with the service that we use, Chad, with not necessarily them turning it around because of the issue going on right now, but the, the printing, the quality, uh, the craftsmanship on the mugs and on the hats and on the neck things. Um, I'm happy with it, and I'm happy that George are happy with it as well. It actually is a good product, and uh, I'll, I hope you have a lot of use for it. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Buana Beast, as you guys know, is official MHH staff, really helping out on YouTube. He's going to become a lot more involved with the podcasting as we move forward. He's also on Twitter, very new to Twitter. He started his Twitter account as staff, but follow him there. Find him at John K MHH. That's K-A-Y, John J-O-N-M-H-H. So King Hicks, good to see you. By the way, bro, are you on Twitter? Because I tag you. I want to tag you anyway after each and every podcast, but I don't know if you have a Twitter handle. You might not be on Twitter, but if you are, let me know so we can connect and uh, make sure that after each podcast we can tag you. Yeah, this was an unfortunate story today. Um, yeah. A GOAT, truly, I mean, the winningest head coach in the history of the NFL might surprise some people thinking, oh, Bill Belichick? No, no, no. Yeah. Don Shula has the most wins as a head coach in the history of the game. Coach the – Miami Dolphins for 26 years, passed away this morning, Monday morning, 90 years old. And, of course, his son, Mike Shula, is a Denver Broncos employee, quarterbacks coach. And our thoughts and prayers are with the Shula family and yep. and uh, the, the Dolphins community out there because he is, as they re- said in their statement today, he was the patriarch of the Miami Dolphins. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that for the Shula family. My thoughts and prayers are with them. But you know, writing about Don Shula, Chad, I, 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 you know, we all know he's a legend. He's iconic. But when you delve into his stats as a head coach, I mean, the guy has 328 career victories. For context, Belichick ranks third with 273. I mean, that record, that feat is not going to be caught more than likely in this generation. He was just a, a legend. He was a game changer. And the sport lost a really good man and coach today. Zach, it's good to see you as well, my friend. Appreciate you being here and contributing to the conversation. Sure. It's also worth mentioning on Don Shula, before we get out of here, an actor, okay? This is a guy who graced <laughs> the silver screen, Ace Ventura, playing himself. Ace <laughs> Ventura is in a mailbox trying to get one of the AFC Championship rings, and Shula reaches in. And I was just watching that last night. So there's some uh, football universe serendipity for you right there. Finkel is Einhorn. David Kilgore, super chat, superstar, bona fide. We're getting you some merch sent out. In fact, this week, David, as a, as a show of appreciation for how much your support means to us. Thank you, David. Appreciate that. Super. He says, RIP coach Shula. Sad news today. Great coach indeed. And I was reminded today reading up on Don Shula that he was a former player at Alabama, former pro player. So he, uh, you know, his life was the game and not just as a coach, but as a player and his son, Mike has, has followed in his footsteps. And of course, when, when your father is one of the greatest of all time, if not the argument can be made the greatest head coach of all time. It's hard to, it's hard to live up to that kind of a legend, but Mike has kind of paid a blaze. I should say his own path in the NFL and he might be, you know, the, the dominoes might be lining up perfectly for Mike Shula at this stage because he is getting not only a, a dynamic young quarterback, but an organization that is investing straight up into that offense. Of course, Pat Shermer's the OC, Mike Shula's the quarterback's coach, but it's going to be fun to see how that shakes out. Yeah, to your point, Chad, Brian Schottenheimer can attest to not living up to that pedigree. Sometimes nepotism doesn't always win out. But in terms of Don Shula, uh, he lived a great life, great coach, great man. It's unfortunate. And uh, again, our thoughts and prayers are with the Shula family. James Richard jumping in with a $2 super. Thank you, Really Jeff. appreciate you, my friend. If you're on Twitter, make sure you reach out and let us know who you are so we can connect. He says, chat room, smash the super chat. Help these guys grow. Appreciate that, James. We really do. It means a lot to us, my friend. Kenneth jumping in on YouTube wants to know, question about old Broncos. What happened to Ryan Clady? He looked like he was destined for the Ring of Fame or even the Hall. He was destined. And I think there's still a chance he could end up in the ring. He's not going to end up in the in the Hall. Technically a world champion of Super Bowl 50 because he was on the roster. But, of course, he got injured early in that season and um, missed it unfortunately, and Ryan Harris started for him in the Super Bowl and for most of that season a left tackle. But what happened with Ryan Clady is, unfortunately, injuries derailed his career in Denver. I can't recall now off the top of my head, Zach, if he was traded or signed with the Jets. I think he was traded right after 2015, so the 2016 offseason, traded to the Jets. Jets tried to make it work, but the injury bug, and he ended up kind of flaming out of the NFL after that and then retired. But, you know, he is – the only rookie in the history of the NFL, to my knowledge, I don't think this has changed. And if it did, has changed, it was last year. But I don't think it has. But he's the only rookie in the history of the NFL to start all 16 games at left tackle and not relinquish a full sack. He relinquished a half sack as a rookie in 2008. Phenomenal, phenomenal player, former first-round pick out of Boise State that 
his trajectory was just cut because of a couple of really gnarly injuries toward the end of his tenure in Denver. He's one of those guys who epitomizes Hall of the Very Good, not necessarily Hall of Fame. And he's right there. I mean, he's a, a potential candidate for the Ring of Fame in the Broncos uh, lore. But, you know, we all know he was a good player for so many years. We all know that the injuries, knee injuries, took a downturn in what he can do. And he just kind of flamed out. That's that's the nature of the game. It sucks. It's hard. It's brutal. It's doggy dog. And that's why we have appreciation for the guys who play 20 years. Like Tom Brady, I hate to say it. No major injury for the most part, except for one freak one and have a, a very successful career consistently. It's hard to do. You know, if the injury bug wouldn't have bitten him the way it did, Ryan Clady could have become one of the greatest left tackles in the history of the game. He was that yeah. talented of a player. And unfortunately, even though he played for all of the 2014 season, he and I think the t- 2012 season as well with Peyton, he wasn't able to fully capitalize both the years the Broncos ended up making it to the Super Bowl with Peyton. Clady was hurt both those years. And the last one, of course, was his final season as a Bronco. And Buona Beast reminding everybody to subscribe. And we are quickly approaching the 7K mark on uh, YouTube. And, of course, 7 being a special number to Broncos country. We are planning on doing something special for when we do cross the 7,000 subscriber barrier on YouTube. Super Chat oh. Superstar John jumping in. Thank you, John. Very generous super. Been a minute awesome. since we've seen you, my friend. And it's really nice to have you back in. Really appreciate you. He says, finally able to catch a live stream again. Can't wait for the season to start. By the way, any idea if you'll have fitted caps on the merch site? Keep up the great stuff. Hashtag state of being in New Mexico, baby. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. We'll have to look into the fitted cap thing. Um, right now it's a snapback and a, and a kind of a dad hat. I haven't ordered a dad hat yet, um, but I plan to here in the very near future. We can look into the fitted cap, but – that might come with a ball of wax because don't you have to kind of make sure it fits your dome, right? You got to <laughs> check the sizing and all that. Maybe there are options. We'll look into that, John. Yeah, the thing with with hats that we found difficult, Chad, is the printing and the embroidery. It's it's mm-hmm. hard to do without us seeing the finished product. So we're kind of taking our time and taking a measured approach to designing hats. But that's something we can consider. And we are going to continue to roll out new merchandise. We have we just put up a coffee mug. We have the neck, uh, you know, the neck protector that Chad's wearing. We have shirts. We have tank tops. We have more coming out, and we will definitely consider a fitted hat. TG so consistent and so generous. Huge member of the community, a MHH Mount Rushmore member. Really appreciate you, bro. Yes, that's I'm awesome. Thank Still you. Still haven't heard from you. We want to hear from you. Please reach out to me, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. Let's get you some swag. Let's let's show you some love, man, for all the love you show us. Yes. He says, Let's go, Broncos. They have more speed than the Chiefs do. Both Noah Fant and Albert O are faster than Travis Kelsey. And that is true. They are faster. But- you know. But are they, better, are they better combined than Travis Kelsey? And that's as much as a Broncos fan as you want to be, they're not. Might be faster, might be have more upside, Chad. It's just not as good as Travis Kelsey yet. Today. They're right. not as good today. And that's, that's not to rain on the parade, throwing a wet blanket on the party or anything. That's just the truth today. But getting to the, to the spirit of what you're saying there, TG, it's really exciting, the dynamic talent. And it's all young talent on the offensive side of the ball now, starting at the quarterback position. I mean – even Melvin Gordon, he came. He didn't come into the league till 2015, I want to say. 15, 16, 17, 18. Yeah, 2015. Philip Lindsay, 2018. Sutton, 2018. Fant, uh, 2019. Let's see. And then, of course, the rookies. So this is a really young offense. Who's going to be 
I guess the elder statesman is now Graham Glasgow. No, I guess it would be Juwan James. Juwan James was a 2014 first-round pick of the Miami Dolphins. Glasgow, if I'm not mistaken, was a 2016 third-round pick of the Detroit Lions. So a lot of youth, a lot of explosive ability. Can you just put it all together? Can you bring it all together, Pat Shermer and Mike Shula? It's going to be fun to see. If we're looking for hyperbole, though, and to make comparisons, I wouldn't look at Kelsey. I'd look at Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez, that kind of duo, minus all the you know serial killer off-field tendencies, <laughs> just the normal couple of players. I think they can be that dynamic for Denver in the years to come. Still, guys, if you haven't, you got to check out that Aaron Hernandez doc that's yeah. still on, on uh, Netflix. Phenomenal watch. I recommend it highly to anybody out there who loves – sports in general and especially football yeah man it is uh very compelling Uh oh terry's saying his chat keeps freezing on youtube we had that problem with a dove valley deep divers podcast i think it was the friday night show so so far on my side everything on our side everything seems to be stable so we're wondering if because it's been consistent on youtube this might be a youtube problem and if it is we just kind of have to roll with the punches but james jumped Back in, uh, jumping back in with a five dollar super. Thank you, James. It's almost impossible to slow that Chiefs offense. They could put thirty up in quarter one. What Elway did was everything he could to keep score with them, and that's true in many ways. And something that Zach and I have been saying: of course, you want to shore up the defense. You want to upgrade the defense in any way that you can. But when it comes to the eight hundred pound gorilla in your own division, the Kansas City Chiefs, the only way you're going to knock that that gorilla from its pedestal, Zach, is to fight fire with fire. And Elway, you know, using the old Bill Parcells adage about buying the groceries, he did that. Yeah. Uh, You know, we all make the comparison that say the Broncos have the defensive horses to limit the Chiefs. And let's say the Chiefs score 27, 28 points a game. If the Broncos hold them to 24 points a game, do we have confidence in the offense matching that limited total, 24 points? Last year, they were hitting 17. They were touchdown away from that. With Drew Locke in the fold, with Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Noah Fant, Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon, now they have the firepower to match points with a limited Chiefs offense because the Broncos are one of few teams in the NFL that won't stop the Chiefs. No one can. No one's going to shut them down entirely, but they can limit them and they can contain them enough to potentially beat them. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Pranked Films jumping in with a $5 super. Thank you. Thank you, Pranked. Friend. Hey, Chad and Zach, I was wondering if I could get you guys on an interview for a YouTube project. Also, why do you think Drew Locke slept in the draft? Um, yeah, dude, just reach out. I know that, um, whoops, I follow you on Twitter. And so since we follow each other, we can DM. So if you want to either DM me on Twitter, we can make the arrangements. Or if you want to email me, milehighhuddle at Gmail, we can set it up for or something we're happy to oblige in any yeah. way the drew lock thing no one really knows for sure exactly what led to his tumble uh tumble out of the first round but i think it was a combination of just his overall rawness in terms of footwork people yeah. question his accuracy because of his completion percentage in college despite it being the sec missouri never really had winning seasons with him under center. And that's not always, especially in college, something you can lay at the feet of the quarterback, but just kind of a combination of things. And also just the way the board was falling and it being a year where the teams who were quarterback needy made other decisions early on, including uh, what was it? The first overall pick. um, Did Kyler? Yeah. Who was it? It was Washington, the giants. Who was the first one? I'm having a brain fart. The Cardinals. First overall pick? Well, the Cardinals – oh, no. Yeah, it was Kyler Murray. Hello. So just the way it fell, it kind of worked out that way. And, you know, it's just a gift horse that you don't look in the mouth, Zach. I mean, the Broncos at this stage, they're just lucky that even after passing on him entirely in the first round, they were able to to land him at pick 42. Yeah, Chad, he took the words right from me. It's He wasn't an Alabama quarterback. He wasn't a Clemson quarterback. He wasn't an LSU quarterback. He had accuracy issues. He was kind of raw. All those things kind of added up. But there's always one dropper in every draft class. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, the Broncos, like Chad said, were just fortunate he lasted till the second round. That's why they made that trade, knowing they were given a fortuitous situation. They weren't going to you know, pass it up again. Flippin' Booch bringing up something from last year. Flippin', I thought we were past this, my dog. Zach was calling out Fangio last year, week four, for being too old, too hard-headed. Admit you were wrong. At the time, listen, at the time, all we can do is analyze what we have in front of us, the information at our disposal in the moment. Up till that point, Vic Fangio's defense had, going into week four anyway, a grand total of zero sacks and zero takeaways, and the Broncos had yet to win a game. He was rife for criticism. There was a lot of things he did in that four game stretch yeah. to open the season as a first time head coach, Zach, that were questionable, but he, the way you got to credit him and we have done this, I don't know why it's coming up, but we love you flipping <laughs> is that, you know, he learned from his trial and error failures. And that's what you want to see. He showed improvement in those critical areas where he was falling short in the first quarter of the season and finished four and one down the stretch with drew Locke. So, you know, things are looking up. I think he learned a lot from that first year. 
and it's going to pay dividends in year two. If you want to throw my comments back on my face from December or January, that's one thing. But week four, he he was making very rookie coach mistakes. I mean, not having Mike Purcell on the lineup, playing Shelby Harris at defensive tackle, not playing A.J. Johnson. Those were all mistakes. The, the ride-or-die philosophy with Joe Flacco, which might have come down from Elway, he was a very much a rookie head coach, and the Broncos were mired in a losing streak. So the criticism at the time was appropriate. I will say, like I always own my, my faults or what I was incorrect about, he did adjust. He went on and grew more confident in his abilities. He owned the coaching job. And this offseason, he's grown exponentially, Chad. He's more of a leader of the team. I don't want to say leader of men, any VJ references, but he's really grown into the role and more confident in himself, speaking out more, uh, looking for the offense more. So I wasn't wrong. I think both things can be true. He was making mistakes back then, and he has grown in that time and learned from those mistakes since then. That's a good point. I mean, more than one thing can be true at the same time, Flippin' Booch. And in the case of Vic Fangio, he really has grown. And I think that first year, finishing 7-9, and nine, finishing a full game ahead of where uh, Vance Joseph left off, and that knowing that they had three or four games that they should have won. I mean, these are things that are going to only improve Fangio. And I think the fact that he was involved in 40 to 50% more of the pre-draft meetings this year with the Broncos scouting department in the front office tells you how much more ingrained he is in the organization and, and what the, the top brass really think of him. By the way, JP jumping in, $2 super. Appreciate you, Thank JP. That uh, looks like, uh, what do you got there? One, two, three, four, five piece. Six piece if you count the kick. Drum set, very nice. I'm really excited for Drew Locke, but the yo line scares me. Dude, I'm not worried about the offensive line. I'm really not. Garrett Bowles relinquished one sack on Drew Locke from week 13 on. If Jawan James comes back healthy, you've got a near bulletproof interior now with Dalton Reisner, Lloyd Cushenberry, and Graham Glasgow. I'm not worried about the offensive line, Zach. What happens if Bowles gets injured? Juwan James gets injured. Reisner gets injured. Glasgow gets injured. That's the thing that scares me. The starting five right now on paper is potential to be top 10. The best line the Broncos have had since Peyton Manning that era. But one injury, Chad, can blow the whole thing up again. Patrick Morris at center. Elijah Wilkinson at tackle. That scares me. But right now, as it stands with no injuries, I'm good with it. Yeah, Elijah Wilkinson at, at tackle definitely scares me. And that's why, in a perfect world, you'd like to see the Broncos go out and use some of that Evan Mathis money. On an offensive tackle, as we talked about yesterday. Uh, Brian jumping in. Did you guys see Goat House Power Rankings had Denver ranked 13th? I believe seems from his content, he's pretty high on Drew Locke. Do you know what Goat Goat House? I don't know what that is. I haven't seen that, Brian. Um, I'll tell you this. We talked about this on last week's, one of last week's shows. The SI poll uh, power rankings that were based on going around and polling all the different guys in the national office. They actually dropped the Broncos a couple spots from their post-Super Bowl ranking. So after the draft, they give them an A, then they dropped them down to 26, basically. And so most of the power rankings I've seen of the Broncos, they're in the 20s at this stage. So if this fellow, whoever he is, Goat House, has them at 13th, that's awesome there. Um, King Hicks jumping in, $2 super. Appreciate you, brother. MHH family, hashtag Broncos world, hashtag California love, and speed, baby. Awesome. And also holler at us, King Hicks, if you are on Twitter. Brian, also Thank contributing you, a $2 super, a bona fide superstar. Appreciate you, Brian. Yes, sir. Jumping in. with his, He's got his own mask rocking there, sporting the, nice. the gear. $5 super. How potent do you think our three wide receivers and two tight end play calling will be? Sutton, Judy, Hamler, Fant, and Alberto. Aloha, Broncos country. Yeah, um, I mean, again, it's just a matter of 
we all kind of feel like we're kids in a candy store right now with the amount of weapons, the embarrassment of riches the Broncos have on the offensive side and the ball suddenly. And we just got to see it come out in the wash. We just got to see it come out on the field. I think it's going to be very potent. It's going to be contingent on Shermer putting the, the right plays in. And, of course, the trigger man himself, Drew Locke, distributing the ball, playing well, and taking that second-year jump. It's going to be as potent as Drew Locke takes the Broncos offense. It, depending on his development, the further he goes, the further the Broncos offense will go. But what I can say right now is it will be more exciting than anything we've seen in years. It will have more points on the board than we've seen since Peyton Manning. It's going to be exciting win or lose. This Broncos offense will be dynamic if the pieces are used correctly, injuries are avoided, and of course, Locke takes that next step. King Hicks, that's okay, man. If you do end up getting on Twitter, just reach out, let us know. And uh, we shall connect. Until then, we'll just keep naming you in the tweets, even though we can't tag it. It's all good, brother. Uh, James, GOAT, reminding everybody, the greatest of all time. And uh, also another person by the that was the greatest of all time. Appreciate you, James. Thank you. Uh, let's see here. Bear with us one second. Let's grab Nad Ludlow, Super Chat Superstar. Appreciate Thank you, you my friend. And by the way, Mecklenburg, the arguably the most underrated Bronco in the history of the Denver Broncos, should be in the Hall of Fame. A classic example of a victim of the Bronco bias within the Hall of Fame vote Hall of Fame voting community. This dude should be in the Hall of Fame. If he was a Pittsburgh Steeler, if he was a Dallas Cowboy, if he was a Green Bay Packer or a New York Giant, he would be in the Hall. Uh, anyway, can't wait to see the date of Broncos Steelers hashtag state of being in Pennsylvania. So that's the closest geographically for NAD is if the Broncos end up playing or when they play the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Yeah, we'll see. We'll know Thursday, Zach. I'm going to say it's going to be like an October, November game sometime in the middle of the season. I can see, I'm just guessing I'm just spitballing. I don't have any inside information. I just see it being in like late October, early November, but one of those games, Chad, where it will find out, like you said on Thursday. Eddie Vasquez jumping in with a $8.88 super chat. Thank you, Thank Eddie. Eddie. means everything to us. If you're on Twitter, reach out, let us know, and we'll connect. He says, you all are amazing. First time contributing, always giving me something to look forward to. Every pod finally found a Broncos family hashtag from Texas. Very cool, man. Very cool. Glad to, uh, to meet you and glad to have you in the community and participating. Really appreciate that, bro. Dave D, look at him, rocking it like a boss. <laughs> the MHH face mask, what a stud. Appreciate that super, my friend. He says, got my mask too, wear it while riding the bike. Easy to breathe through, right? I mean, it's it really is like, you know, you, obviously you have the feeling that something is on your face, and if you're a glasses wearer like Dave and I, it can fog up on you quick if it's not cold outside. But for running into the grocery store or going in and picking up your takeout or whatever, you want to be responsible and cover your face or whatever. Perfect for that. Appreciate you, Dave. Glad you got it. Um, I am Supreme 22, Zach, jumping in $2 super. Thank you, Thank my you. friend. Really appreciate you. Top five NFL coaches all time. Shanny in or we riot. You know, my I'm, excuse me, I'm biased on that because I am one of those that believes like Kyle Shanahan, that Mike Shanahan should be in the Hall of Fame. And he's been out of the league long enough that he qualifies. Like he, his last coaching year was 2013. And he's one of, I can't remember now the exact number off the top of my head, but it's a very elite group of NFL coaches who have won multiple world titles and even smaller back-to-back uh, -back world championships. Mike Shanahan, 
deserves to be in that conversation. Is he a top five NFL coach all time? I think that's one of those beauty being in the eyes of the beholder questions, yeah. but you know, top five, I'd have to give that some thought. I am Supreme 22. I don't want to disappoint you, but I'd probably throw in, you know, I hate to say it, but Bill Belichick, Lombardi, Shula, Shula would be up there. Um, Landry, Chuck Noll, Bill Walsh. That's, that's See, probably the Landry, list right there. Landry's one of the most overrated head coaches in my – and the only reason I say that is this library of football books that I have back here. I've just read a lot, read up and learned a, a lot about, you know, some of those classic era head coaches. And Landry uh, benefited a lot from uh, the great Vic Lombardi. But it, it's just so hard to come up with, with top five all-time – I would say of the modern era, and by modern I mean like 1995 on. You know, if Mike Shanahan's not in the top five, you he should be in the top ten. Parcells too, I think he's up yes. there. It's yes. it's so hard from that time period on. But yeah, I, I would say Mike Shanahan has a conversation for the top ten. Top five a little too homeristic for me, but top ten uh, is a good spot for him. Great head coach, and I think with Atwater breaking down some of the barriers with the Broncos, Chad, maybe Shanahan will get in eventually. Good to see you, Miller707. Welcome in, brother. Terry jumping in with Thank another you. super. Appreciate that. Uh, interpret, Zach. Horse I know the- blank lock. Broncos. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think we can't say that horse, on this program. Horse clock. <laughs> Doc. <laughs> Sock. <laughs> All right. That can get us in some trouble. We'll move on here. Paby jumping in. Awesome to connect with you on Twitter, by the way, Paby. Uh, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name. It might be Pobby. If I, I don't want to butcher it, but really appreciate you showing some love two days in a row on Super Chat. means a lot to us. Our defense is already good. Offense is going to be dynamic this season. Can't be more excited. Hashtag Broncos country. Hashtag football priests. Hashtag state of being. And if I remember correctly, in Iowa, the same state as, as our Nick Kendall. So awesome to have you in the community. Really appreciate your support. Um all right, let's see here. Did one of these jumps on us. While I'm searching, let's grab James, what he says here, his his input on top coaches. He said, Shanahan should be in the hall. I can't put him in the top 10 coaches, though. Belichick, Shula, Landry, Walsh. Walsh, there we go. That was the no-brainer that was escaping me. Chuck Knoll, uh, Brown, Lombardi, Hallis, Parcells, Gibbs. Very uh, comprehensive list there, my friend. And it would be hard for me to argue any one of those. And I agree with you that, Shanahan should absolutely be in the hall, Zach. I might swap out Gibbs for Shanahan, but that's a tough list to crack, Chad. Those are all legends of the game, and I'm not saying Mike Shanahan's not, but I don't think he's legendary enough to bump some of those guys down from those spots. But still, we all know top 12 coach maybe, top 15 coach for sure, definitely one of the greatest coaches, if not the greatest coach in Broncos history. Undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. Uh, Miller707 jumped in again with a $5 super. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you, man. Just because you guys rock, thank you for your content. Keep up the great stuff. We thank will you. do our best, my brother. Yes, sir. Michelle Parker, jumping in, $5 super. Another awesome listener that we've been able to connect with on Twitter. Thank you for the super, my friend. She says, is it just me or the best teams in the NFL end up getting the easiest schedule? LOL. Love you guys. It does kind of feel that way. Like when you're the New England Patriots and you get, you know, the strength of schedule, you're you're winning your division. You're probably the number one seed more often than not. And it always felt like their schedules were just cakewalks. Meanwhile, you got the a team like the Broncos coming off a six and ten season to get the second strength of schedule in twenty nineteen. And 
the fact that Fangio willed them to seven and nine. I mean, Drew Locke had a lot to do with that. It was it's a pretty pretty impressive accomplishment. I mean, nothing that you're writing home about. He finished sub 500, but in the face of a second strength of schedule, not bad. Yeah, and you know the Broncos will have an easier SOS this season, but the, the good teams, the great teams, the playoff teams, the title teams overcome that. They don't use that as, as an excuse. It sucks. It's it's a weird formula the league uses to calculate strength of schedule, but the Broncos, no matter who's on the docket, they have to win games. They have to get back to the playoffs and win a Super Bowl. That never changes no matter what year it is or who they're playing. The Brett-tastic one, jumping in, $20 wow. super. Thank, Thank you, Brett. Brett. Hello, gentlemen. Don't forget to smash that like button. Great reminder, and thank you so much for the support, Brett, and it's been cool to connect with you on Twitter as well. Uh, JP, jumping back in. Thank you, my friend, and I don't know if you're on Twitter. If you are, you should reach out and let me know. Ojemudia is the first hand-picked corner by Fangio. Yep. Bold prediction. He'll be one of the best he's ever developed. Really physical, just needs time and a mentor. Yeah, You could be right on that, JP. Only time will tell. We can't crown him quite yet, but really exciting to uh, see how that shakes out, Zach. Yeah, you know, he developed, you know, a couple really good guys in Chicago. Eddie Jackson at safety, Amukamara at corner, uh, Bryce Callahan at cornerback. And we're going to know with Callahan this year, Chad, if it was an outlier in 2018 or if he really was that good under Fangio's tutelage. That's why I have hope for Ojin Moody. I don't like the pick. I still don't like the pick, but Fangio signed off on it. Fangio scouted the guy. This is not VJ picking Brendan Langley. This is a whole different ball game. I'm willing to give it a shot. Great points. Jamal, thanks for adding me on Twitter. You bet, my friend. It was good to connect. Uh, And it's Ian, my friend, and Jensen. And the reason I'm going to correct you is a lot of people get it wrong. And the way to look at it is if it's Ian, probably means you're Dane, you're Danish. If it's O-N, probably a Swede. That's where it all comes from. At least that's what my folks taught me anyway. Uh, James jumping back in, showing a lot of support tonight. Really appreciate it, Thank you, James. That's amazing. Chat room, make sure to subscribe. Hit the bell notification and give it a thumbs up. Thank you, bro. Also, Broncos beat the Chiefs both times. Oh, so he's making a bold prediction in 2020. If Chubb and Miller stay healthy, lights out. Hey, man, if that happens, what a – I mean, that'll almost feel like a Super Bowl-level triumph just because Broncos haven't beaten the Chiefs since week two of the 2015 season. In fact, the whole time – since you've been covering the team, Zach, the Broncos haven't beaten the Chiefs. <laughs> That's a good point. They were Unbelievable. one errant – Case Keenum pass away, though. If he hit Demarius Thomas, it would have been a wrap, and I was so close to seeing it, but I do think they will split this year at a minimum. A sweep, I don't know about, but I think the Broncos will emerge victorious in one of those games this season. Keone, we do not, we're never going to ask anyone to super chat. We're never going to ask anyone to donate to the show. If you want to donate, you have to do it on YouTube. So you can only do it by watching the show live on YouTube. So just make sure. You subscribe to Mile High Huddle on YouTube and then click the bell notification and you know how it rolls every night at six o'clock hour, you're getting a Mile High Huddle podcast. So we really appreciate you, but don't feel like you have to do that. You absolutely do not. And Mike jumping in with a super sticker. Very cool. Thank you, I don't Mike. even know what the difference between a super sticker and a super chat are, but thank <laughs> you for the support, Mike. Means the world to us. All right, let's see what else we've got here. Anthony, sharing a brain with you here, Zach. Yep. Noah and Albert O, Noah Fant and Albert O, do you think they can become Gronk and Hernandez? Zach, I think they have it as a ceiling. They have it in within them as a potential. Right. It's just a matter, again, of putting it all together. 
Those are the buzzwords there. Ceiling and potential. They're not there yet. They're not close to it. Fant isn't Gronkowski and Alberto isn't Hernandez just yet, but they have the upside to be that explosive in this Broncos offense. And again, minus all the off the field drama. Here's a good point from Kenneth on YouTube. They also said that no one could stop the 2013 Broncos, of course, who all-time scoring is, I guess that's not a word. Winning is, that's a word, but scoring is not a word. Uh, offense all-time, they scored 606 points in 2013. Peyton threw 55 touchdowns. Seattle crushed them. You have to be aggressive with those teams, like uh, our 2015 defense. You also have to have the talent to be able to pull it off. One thing that was a big difference, though, I'll point out to you, Kenneth, between the 2013 Broncos Super Bowl team and 2015, the 2015 team was way the coaching that they received across the board on the offensive side of the ball. They weren't the most explosive team. They had the right talent in the right places where it mattered most, but the coaching was so much more on point. There were, I mean, John Fox was in dereliction of duty, the way he handled that Super Bowl week leading up to the Super Bowl 48 at MetLife Stadium. So that's a topic for another time, but his point is not lost on his set. Unless you have a Mahomes or an Aaron Rodgers or a Brady in his prime, you can get away with having a lackluster defense and still win a title. But if you want to seriously contend, you need a balanced approach on offense and defense. And for years, the Broncos were either one or the other. Great defense and mediocre offense or vice versa. This is the first year, chat since Peyton Manning, since 2013 pretty much, that we, they've had balance on both sides of the ball. Potential top 10 units on offense and defense. They get to that level, they will be, be back in the playoffs and making some noise deep into January. Philip wants to know, hey, guys, did you hear about Nick Vanette's wife accusing LeBron of cheating? What? Should we be considered uh, that Vanette will give a bad energy and bad publicity to the team? I have not heard that. I, that's the first I've ever heard anything like that, Zach, so can't confirm. Yeah, I haven't. That's crazy. That's, that's TMZ-level drama right there. I haven't heard that, but we'll have to see how that shakes out, Chad. Bronco Batman jumping in with the $2 Super. Appreciate Thank that, you. my friend. Love the show. It's not a lot. Don't want why <laughs> we don't want no that. Worries, dude. No worries. Every little bit. I mean, anytime someone um, donates to the show, donates to the channel, it means the world to us, and we appreciate it. No, no matter what size it is. So, thank you, my friend. Uh, Discount audio and wheels. Da Dub jumping in. Ten dollars super. Thank appreciate you. you, bro. Awesome. Back and rolling again, fellas. Good to hear. Good to hear. He. Uh, this Super Chat Superstar has a store called Discount Audio and Wheels. And, of course, with everything that's been going on the last six to eight weeks, we've been worried about you, wondering how things are going, and good to hear that you're back and rolling yeah. again. He says, what free agent left tackle options are available to compete with Bulls? Still worried with Bulls and James. Can't really expect Wilkinson to be good. We've seen it. Uh, keep up, fellas. Zach, drop some knowledge on the top two options still out there, top three. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's three really good potential starters, let alone backups. Jason Peters, nine-time Pro Bowler with the Eagles. He's up there in age, but still a great left tackle. There's uh, Cordy Glenn, who used to play for the Bills, and Kelvin Beecham, who used to play for the Steelers, who knows Mike Munchak, and Peters as well knows Shermer from the, his days in Philadelphia. So three great options. They wouldn't break the bank. The Broncos have the money. They need to pick up one of them now and not rely on Garrett Bowles, whose option they just declined, or, or Elijah Wilkinson behind him. It's not a good business move. Edward McKinley jumping in has a question. Appreciate you, Ed. Do you think if the Chiefs get Prince and Mukamara, do you think Denver will have problems? You know, it's just another piece to the puzzle. There was, there is buzz that the Chiefs might try and sign him, but I don't know how they're going to do it because they're right up against the caps still. Uh, I'm not sure how they're going to pull that off, but uh, you know, he knows a little bit about Fangio's scheme. So there would be some 
utility for the Chiefs bringing him in, not to mention just, you know, they've, they're kind of weak at corner. Um, Buona Beast, we love those gut reactions. It gives hot takes in the moment. Would hate to wait for the end of year review only, but keep the comments and jokes flowing. Amen to that. John jumping back in. Big John, appreciate nice. you, bro. Just got my 15-ounce coffee mug to rep at work during my graveyards. Can't wait. Hashtag state of being. That's so cool, man. So I hope cool. you like it, John. Let us know. Yes, please do. Appreciate you, my friend. Um, let's grab Andy here. We can't neglect our Facebook audience since we were cut off from them for a week. Drew was on the K Adams Instagram NFL live show. Yep. He has a really big chip on his shoulder, dropping the way he did. He keeps his draft card and his uh, back, back trade. I don't know, back. I don't know what that means. He looks at it every day, is what he said, though. I was convinced with that. He is our QB for a long time. Yes. We touched on that very briefly on yesterday's pod. Yeah. But very cool little anecdote that he shared. He still keeps the draft card being picked at 42, and he also keeps the card of the Broncos. The announcing the trade with the Cincinnati Bengals yeah. where they moved up to pick 42. So very cool, Zach. And that does tell you something. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, by the, when he was finally unleashed on the NFL in 2008 after Brett Favre, that whole thing resolved itself, he was a man with a mission, and that really informed his career path, led him to the Super Bowl in 2010 and the whole nine yards. And I'm hoping that same type of chip can, can fuel lock. Yeah, Locke is just the right amount of petty for someone like me to appreciate, Chad. He has just that much of a a-hole personality, alpha personality. You want that in a quarterback. In you a don't good want, way. Yeah, you don't want passivity. You don't want Trevor Simeon, the, the good old guy. You don't want Paxton yep. Lynch, the video game guy. You don't want Case Keenum, the, the resident team player. You want an alpha leader, a dominating guy under center, and you finally have that in Drew Locke. It's very exciting. Jeff wants to know if we saw the PFF chat today mentioning the idea of Josh Rosen getting traded to Denver for a sixth or seventh round pick to improve the backup behind Locke. I did not see that, my friend, and I just that's not going to happen. So for what it's worth, my dog. There she is, the queen of Mile High Huddle, jumping Sir. in from the top rope, $20 super. Christy, you, Christy. appreciate you so much. Uh, she says, hi, my peeps. Much love to you all. Sorry I've been a little under the weather, but still had to come say hey to you all. Hope you all are having an amazing day, GB. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. I'm Thank assuming. You. That's, what, that's what we need Zach here for. And, Christy, hope you uh, get over that bug very, very quickly. That's the worst, especially right as it starts warming up to get sick. Suck. Yeah, feel better, Christy, for sure. Appreciate feel your better. support, as always, the queen. of him. Yes, we do appreciate you so much. Get feeling better. Uh, Stu McPeak jumping in. <clears throat> Speaking of Mount Rushmore, members of this community, really appreciate you, Stu. He says, hang in uh, hang in there. Cuts coming to the airlines, but always a Broncos fan. If you guys don't know, Stu's in, the, in that industry of the airlines, so we hope that, that, uh, that you can somehow be insulated from that. Keep us in the loop, Stu, and let us know yeah. what happens there. Um, Jake Gerard jumping in, $5 super. Thank, Thank you, Jake. You. So you've been really consistent, my friend. <clears throat> really appreciate you. He says, hey, guys, been looking at our opponents in 2020, and it's going to be a tough year if we don't score points, but at least we get Brady, Breeze, and Allen at home. You know, Zach, that's the thing is they averaged the Broncos 17 points a game last year. That improved when Drew Locke became the quarterback uh, from week 13 to, to week 17. And with the improvements at OC, quarterback's coach, and, of course, all the talent upgrades on that side of the ball, 
we've been telling people that a, a full touchdowns worth of points improvement over last year is not outside the realm of the possible. And if that happens, Broncos are going to win some games this year. Can I ask why Josh Allen is grouped in the same sentence as Tom Brady and Drew Brees? I mean, what has he done to earn that? I'm not scared of Josh Allen in the least. They're a good team, Buffalo, but he's the weakest link. But yeah, this is, like we've been saying, they finally have the horses to limit the Mahomes of the world, and they have the offensive firepower to match points with the Kansas Cities of the world. It's going to be exciting, win or lose, in 2020. But a lot more, I think, Chad, of the former. Back from a lot of uh, difficult things that have been going on, Jay Bone is in the house repping the trifecta in that profile pic. Let me make sure. Zach, do you, is that the MHH hoodie that can you tell? Look at his profile pic. Um, Pretty sure. It looks like it, yeah. Let us know. The, the hat, the face mask, and the hoodie, Justin. We appreciate That's you so much. My right there. And uh, I know things haven't been great for you lately, and uh, we've been keeping you in our thoughts and yeah. our prayers, and it's good to have you back in the saddle, my bro. He says, what is up, my brothers? Missed you guys. Everything is pretty much back to normal. Oh, that's good to hear. And it's awesome to hear you live again. Hashtag state of being Maryland. Man, that profile pic, that's a thing of beauty. Send me a selfie, dude. Send, send that very image to me so we can, uh, we can shout you out, dog. That's Chad's crown jewel, crown jewel right there. I messed that one up. Amen. The trifecta. That's MHH right. trifecta, baby. Um, all right, James. Jumping back in. Thank you, James. The only team wow. Brady has a losing record to, the Broncos. We are Brady's kryptonite. It's going to be interesting. That's a good point. It was mostly, though, a, a, an advantage in Denver. I can't think of a single time the Broncos went on the road and beat, beat Brady. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he struggled in Denver unquestionably, Zach, over the years. Uh, maybe it's just me. I'm not really worried about Brady with the Bucks. I think they're going to be a better team, but uh, a championship team, I don't see it. I don't see them going deep into January. They're going to put up some points, but 43-year-old Brady in Tampa Bay is not 33-year-old Brady in New England. It's two, two different quarterbacks, so I'm not scared of him. Like I just mentioned, like Chad and I always say, the Broncos are one of the few teams in the NFL to have the defensive firepower to limit these big offenses. True that. I'll never forget, though, and this is dialing it back to before Zach's time, but in the 2005 playoffs, who handed Tom Brady his first playoff loss? The Denver Broncos. That was the game champ. Bailey picked off Brady in the end zone and almost had that probably would have been the longest pick six in the history of the playoffs, only to be chased down by Ben Watson at the 11th mm. second you know, or hour or whatever, and uh, out of bounds he goes. But nevertheless, that game was – as a Broncos fan, of course, it led to the AFC Championship and the Broncos lost to the Steelers and the Steelers went on and beat the snot out of the Seahawks. The Broncos would have beat Ben Roethlisberger, a second-year quarterback, uh, and got to the to the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm thinking they win that Super Bowl. Mike Shanahan has three rings. Jake Plummer gets himself a ring. What could have been? Well, you never know. Uh, TG, jump back in. Appreciate you, bro. Thank you, TG. So much. Reach out to me, please. You can't cheat and make the top ten for me. Bill should never make the Hall of Fame. Talking about Bill Belichick saying cheaters shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. You know, that's that's an interesting question. I mean, here's the problem for me, TG. I don't know where you fall on this, and I'm not a big baseball guy. But like Barry Bonds, and there was all the debates about should they be in the Hall because they juiced. And, you know, Pete Rose, to me, if if they established clear excellence and dominance on the field, that is just undeniable over a large sample size. You can't just chalk it up to one season of juicing or one season where he was a cheater. And so they won a lot of games. 
I don't know. It's it's a it's a interesting question to debate, but Bill Belichick will end up in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I'm not I'm not excusing his his discretions because you know Spygate, Deflategate, those were scandals. They they did harm the game and they were rightfully punished for that. But any great coach, any true born leader who wants to win will stop at nothing to win. Will cut those corners videotaping, using any advantage possible, milking game rules and play calling rules, anything he can do to gain an advantage, Bill Belichick will do. But we'll know this season for once, Chad, whether it's the chicken or the egg. Did Brady make Belichick or Belichick make Brady? Belichick was an awful head coach with the Browns before Tom Brady came along in New England. So we'll see for once and for all who carried who during that those New England dynasty years. True that. Gary jumping in with a $2 super, and then he says this. Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Gary. My first live podcast, you guys rock. Awesome. Good to have you in the manger, my friend, and appreciate your generosity. And uh, welcome in, brother. Jeff jumping in with a $5 super. Thank Thank you, Jeff. Jeff. Way too early. uh, Wins projection for the Broncos next year, guys. Schedule isn't easy. Lots of moving parts, but is 10 wins a fair goal? Yes, it's absolutely a fair goal. I mean – Drew Locke only played five games last year. The Broncos won seven games. So (laughs) I think getting to double digits, you know, the last couple of years, we could talk ourselves into it, right? We could be like, well, you know, Flacco was a Super Bowl champion the year before that. Case Keenum led the Vikings today, uh, NFC title game. Both arguments, we really had to talk ourselves into it. This year, getting to 10 wins, Zach, I really don't think you're having to stretch the bounds of the plausible. Like, the dominoes are falling into place. If the Broncos stay healthy and Drew Locke's under center for 16 games, if they don't win nine games, Chad, it's a disappointment. That's the basic baseline floor, whatever model or word you want to use. Nine and seven is the minimum the Broncos should do this year. I'm projecting 10 and six. I think I was right on the money last year. I said seven and nine, eight and eight. I'm saying 10 and six this year. If Drew Locke takes the next step, there is no reason why with the offensive pieces they had, the defensive pieces they have, and the coaching they have, 10 wins should happen this year. All right, guys, we're running long on time, so we've got to kind of rapid-fire these remaining superstars. We're never going to leave anyone out in the cold knowingly. So, James, jumping back in. Thank you, James. Wow, James. Are we forgetting about Lindsey, Gordon, and Freeman? If so, let's not. That's a great point. I mean, Freeman, we'll see. I think he's, you know, the the gauntlet has been laid down. The message has been sent. It's going to be really interesting to see how and if he responds. But Lindsey and Gordon – I'm really interested to see how that dynamic plays out in this offense. And you know what? You can do a lot worse than having Royce Freeman as your number three. As a number two, he's really not that great as a starter, definitely not. But as a number three, a guy to take a few carries a game, you could do a lot worse than Royce Freeman. To me, he's a better running back in that third spot than Devontae Booker was. So I'm fine with the backfield, Chad, the way it is. Uh, Duke, is it Zach or Zach? It is Zach with a K is how he spells his name. For It's not Zach. It's not Zach. Uh, Pete jumping in, ten or a $20 super. Wow, wow. Thank, thank you, Pete. You, Pete. If you're on uh, Twitter, make sure you reach out to us and l- let's connect. Really appreciate it. He says, hey, guys, first time catching the live show. Awesome. Very cool. Really pumped for this season. I genuinely hope there will be a season. There will. I love that. Uh, here I go out on a limb again, being irresponsibly optimistic. <laughs> I love the defense and the no-fly zone, but we've been starved of good offense since 2014. Hashtag state of being. Well said, my friend, and just maintain the, you know, things, the momentum seems to be shifting. Things are opening up. There's going to be a little bit of a um, spike in 
the word that shall go unnamed, and then it'll get we'll move past it, and life will get back to normal. That's what I expect to happen. And uh, you know, you might lose OTAs, you might lose mini camp, and all that, but I think camp will end up starting on time, and I think the NFL season will happen on time. Zach. How dare you for being irresponsible, Chad? You should just delete your account right now and crawl into a hole. You know, shut down the country forever. But, you know, all seriousness, we will have a season this year. Things will be much more normal uh, in September than they are now. Yeah, I could. I mean, honestly, you guys, there were, I can't think of exactly all of the uh, people that reached out to me on social media, emails telling me that, and it's not like I was going way out, Zach and I, it's not like we were going way outside the bounds of, plausible even mentioning literally even regurgitating anything that the white house corona uh oh i almost said it up the white house task force anything if we said anything on that topic we were uh irresponsible and castigated for for you know anyway i don't want to bog down this podcast we're getting along but that's why you hear us make jokes sometimes and that coming from a podcast that we are as a community we all try to influence this thing in a positive way we did the fundraiser the superstars chipped Mm -hmm. in we chipped in and uh for people to still reach out and do that it was really disappointing but uh our friend six foot ten jumping in five dollar super thank you brother if you could swap one of our picks from this draft with another team who would you choose that's Mm. that's an interesting one um I'm looking That's at the third round, third or fourth round. I'm looking to swap Ojin Moody or Alberto, maybe for a tackle or a safety. Yeah, who, Lucas Niang. I was literally thinking him. I don't know if he went in the second or third, though. I don't know. Six foot. That's probably a better question for one of the uh, draft guys that probably has memorized every team's draft class. So maybe save that one for Nick and Carl tomorrow night. They'll be on uh, at 6 o'clock building the Broncos, 8 p.m. Eastern. All right. Couple more guys, then we got to get out of here. Dave D jumping back in. Appreciate you, Dave. Thank you, Dave. Drew Locke is lacking one thing: the deer in the headlight look. Hashtag cool under pressure. Absolutely, man. Like Zach, if you think back to the Hall of Fame game when he debuted against the Falcons, his first experience being thrown under the NFL lights, he actually did look like a deer in the headlights a little bit, a mm. little bit. Okay. Two more games he appeared in in the preseason, then was basically exiled for ten weeks. By the time we saw him again in week 13 at home against the Chargers, in so many ways, he looked like a different player, poise being one of them. Man, he was right. locked in and you know, impervious to the pressure of the moment. Yeah, Paxton Lynch, his first start, had this look, the deer in the headlights look. After uh, two seasons, he still had the same look. Drew Locke had that look at first chat, and it went away after that. He admitted he couldn't call plays in the huddle. He was memorizing plays in the window, in his mirror, excuse me, and he came and learned and grew throughout the season, and he did not play with that same passivity. He did not play with that same level of tentativeness. He played confident with swagger, rapping on the bench in the season finale. A quarterback who's not uncomfortable, a rookie, would not do that. So we don't have to worry about the same negative traits like we saw in years past. Kathy wants to know what uh, we think about possibly playing games in empty stadiums. If it does come to that, Kathy, um, it's better than nothing. Right. And I think that there would be measures in place by the NFL. That would be assuming that this thing just ramps back up to where it was in March, come the fall, basically. And the NFL will roll with those punches, even if it meant delaying things a little bit and doing it without fans in the stadium. Those are contingencies, though. I really don't think we have to worry about. I'm being honest with you. Like, I mean, it's a, is it a worry? Is it a concern? Yes, you got to keep it as within the realm of the possible. I'm not trying to be blind here, but I don't think it's going to happen. 
Kevin jumping in, $5 super. Thank you, Thank bro. You, Kevin. We got to really hustle this uh, these last few up, Zach. He says, once we give Simmons his deal, Justin Simmons, and Lindsey something, the whole team will be happy. Uh, no negativity. No Chris Harris negativity. <laughs> Florida strong, hashtag state of being. Awesome, Kevin. And if you're on Twitter, reach out to us, brother. The good thing about both those players, though, Chad, they're such professionals. Even if the Broncos don't pay them or incentivize both of them, they're not going to make waves like Chris Harris Jr. would. They should extend Justin Simmons. They should give uh, Lindsey a little something. But even if they don't, we don't have to worry about any in-house or locker room drama. That's the good thing. Orange Crush jumping in, $5 super. Really appreciate you. Reach out if you're on Twitter. Athletic talent, leadership ability, football IQ, scheme fit. What do you think Elway and Fangio value most in a player? I think at this point, the the answer is clear. I think that, you know, at, athletic talent has to be there or else they're not even a consideration, right. okay? What it really boils down to is are there intangible traits on the same level as their athletic gifts? If so, they're on the Broncos board. That's really what it boils down to. I was going to say it's not one thing or another. I think they're looking for a little bit of all of that. But Elway, the last couple of years where he shifted, he doesn't take chances on upside anymore. He wants proven commodities, proven team players, proven captains, proven four-year contributors. He wants guys who have bona fide resumes. That's the biggest thing I think Fangio and Elway both look for. Insaney Marufo, $5 super. Thank you. Thank you. My friend, great channel, fellas. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Very cool. Thank you so much, my friend. Jay jumping in. $10 super. Appreciate Good to see you. you. Thank you, Jay. If you're on Twitter, both of you guys, make sure you reach out. Our offense drove me crazy last year. Do you think this head coach can rebound? And do you think the way our defense currently stands, that they will help the offense be better? Yeah. Well, keep in mind, Jay, it's a it's going to be a completely new offense. It's you're you're doing away with a rookie offensive coordinator and you're going with a proven guy, two-time head coach as your offensive coordinator. You will see vast levels of improvement on the offensive side of the ball, even if the Broncos had to roll with Joe Flacco again this year and the Drew Locke thing never happened, you would see the offense take a step forward by virtue of the coaching and the X's and O's alone. And do you think the defense currently stands as it stands? Will they help the offense be better? Yes. That's the, that's the hope that they can complement, get them some extra possessions, get them you know, some short fields. We'll see. They're going to have a lot more turnovers this year, Chad. More interceptions, more sacks with Chubb back, with Callahan in the picture, year two under Fangio. So I do think the defense will set the offense up. And vice versa, the offense won't go three and out so much, put the defense on the field. They're going to be a well more balanced, complete team than we've seen in quite some time. James, one last super jumping in. Appreciate you so much, James. James. Check out the film on Justin Sternad. Wow. That was another thing that – that Russell said uh, or talked about, of course, was the Sternad pick. And in fact, really quick is our parting topic here. I'll just read to you this quote because I did transcribe the remark. I thought it was interesting. I might use it for an article later, but here's what Russell said about Sternad. He was another guy we felt could have gone higher. He plays a lot faster than four, seven, four. He's got really good coverability, which we need. He's a good matchup against running backs, some of these players that we're facing and some of the things the offenses are doing these days. So he's going to be a good player for us. And again, a surprise that he was there in the fifth round. He's a guy we had in Indy at the NFL combine. We talked to him, visited with him for the 18 minutes. You're allowed to in Indy. So he was a surprise that he was there in the fifth round. We were excited to get him. Zach. Uh, by midseason, he will be starting an inside linebacker opposite A.J. Johnson. Todd Davis will be on the bench by midseason. He's a great pickup at that spot. If he can just uh, avoid the injury bug, he will be a starting player for Denver by midseason. 
There's your bold prediction for the day, Broncos country. We got to get out of here, though. We ran long, and we love running long. We love keeping the conversation going. Thank you to each and every one of you for joining us live tonight. And if you're listening to this podcast after the fact, thank you for uh, being a part of this whole thing. A mile high salute to our Super Chat superstars tonight. Thank you so much, you guys. Your generosity means everything to us. And as Bonabee says here, thank you to everyone in the chat today. It was a great pod. Remember to like, subscribe, and leave a comment. Keep the great questions coming. You can get your gear. He leaves the actual link, but to keep it easy, huddleuppod.com. And guys, you can keep the conversation going with us at milehighhuddle.com where we have our written articles and videos and the community section. So when these podcasts end from 6 to 7 every night, local time, you can keep the conversation going because we're hanging out there all day long, every single day. So keep that in mind. And guys, another reminder, let me just tell you, you want to make sure you're following Mile High Huddle on Twitter so that you can participate in the giveaway. We're giving away a shirt. Go check that out. We showed you the tweet earlier in the show, at Mile High Huddle. And then, of course, the podcast account, at Huddle Up Pod. You can find my partner here, Zach Kelberman, at Kelberman NFL, myself, at Chad and Jensen. We're going to get out of here for tonight, guys, but stay tuned because tomorrow night you'll get Building the Broncos, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. And uh, Zach and I will be back in the saddle Wednesday night. So, Zach, have a great start to your week, my brother. You as well, Chad. I hopefully got some schedule leaks coming the next couple days by Wednesday's episode. Might have something uh, juicy to talk about. Would be really cool if it shakes out that way. And uh, on his way out the door, James, really appreciate you, bro. You guys should look into green screen for background. We have looked into it. We'll see. We're, uh, some of those things are still in flux, but uh, we'll see how it shakes out. But, guys, we got to get out of here for now. Thank you so much. Have a great start to your week. We'll be back Wednesday night, but don't forget building the Broncos tomorrow night. For Zach, I'm Chad. We'll talk to you guys then. Good for you, bud. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. 
They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.